Welcome to the Survive, Scale, Soar podcast. Hear and learn through the success of others how to build the life and business you deserve. Learn to overcome failure, what it means to seek out growth, and how to become the best possible version of yourself. And now, here's your host, coach, entrepreneur, husband and father, and author of the number one best-selling book, Survive, Scale, Soar, Jeremy Williams. And welcome back to the Survive, Scale, Soar podcast. I'm your host, Jeremy, and today we have a success talk, and it's going to be an awesome episode. I have as guest, Joe Evangelisti. I could do a whole podcast on just introducing this guy. Uh, he's got best-selling books like Multiplicity, The Legacy Wealth Blueprint. He's the CEO of Legacy Developers. He's a coach. Uh, he was a builder at U.S. Navy Seabees. Uh, he has the storage syndicate. He's a husband. He's a father. Just an all-around great guy. And i um, real excited about what he's going to bring to the show. Joe, welcome. Appreciate it, Jeremy. Thanks for having me, bro. Joe, give me a little backstory of who you are and how you came to this place where you're doing all these amazing things um, in business and in life. Yeah, you know, when you ask me that, the first thing that comes to my mind is like uh, Andy Frizzell used to have this saying. He used to say that success, overnight success takes 10,035 days or something or 300, no, 3,650 days, right? It took him like 10 years to be successful. So yeah, all that success stuff you're talking about took me 15 years to figure out, but, you know, we're finally starting to, to, to break through into different directions. And, you know, I really started out as a, a, a son of a construction guy, drywall contractor. My dad was the first entrepreneur in our family. And so like construction has always been in my blood. I grew up on construction sites. I, I just loved it when I was a kid, like watching, you know, something turn into something nicer or something, you know, more beautiful uh, creation, that whole, that whole concept. And so you know, I got lucky right out of high school. I went into the military and I was able to uh, to be a builder in the U.S. Navy Seabees for about six years. And those are the construction battalions in the Navy. A lot of people don't even know they exist. Um, but, you know, we got to build and do cool shit all around the world and in all different cool locations. And, you know, soon after that, you know, started flipping houses and, you know, fast forward today, we're building self-storage facilities all over the world, all over the country. Yeah, that's that's awesome. And, um, you know, I, I really appreciate you saying that because when we talk about success, you know, there's, there's that uh, flash in the fry pan, right? Where somebody's like successful overnight and that's just really doesn't happen. Oftentimes they burn out, you know, they are yeah. that flash in the fry pan and um, it's that success. It's that doing things over time, being consistent, you know, having that fortitude, not giving up and pushing through that's, that's the true success. And those are the things that are going to last a long, a long time. Um, so you're, you're currently doing uh, the storage syndicate and you're working on, uh, developing these different sites uh, across the country. Uh, what made you jump from residential investment to going into that commercial side? Yeah, you know, I think a lot of people have different journeys, but for, for us, it was truly, it was kind of burnout. You know, we, we you know, we're flipping about almost 100 houses a year. The last year we decided to uh, take stock of where we were. And remember Brian and I, my business partner sat there and talked about it. And we were like, man, we did 88 houses this year. How many you want to do next year? You want to do 120? You want to do 110? He was like, bro, I don't ever want to do 88 again. And I was like, thank God you said it because this was the most miserable year of my life. Like, you know, the problem with the business is it's, it's really, really hard to scale. I'm not saying it's impossible. There's people out there that are doing it, but they're doing it with massive, massive teams. And, you know, we had about 45 employees at the time and it was just, so transactional man it was money in money out money every single week it was like chasing our tail for closings and 
you know, closers are getting pushed and the buyers are having a hard time getting a mortgage commitment and they want a home inspection, you know, all these things that, you know, we would do the work as a flipper to put a really nice product on the market and then it would still, you know, get beat up over the course of the next couple of months, you know, with inspections and everything else. And so our margins kept getting smaller and smaller, but the transactions had to keep going. It was like this like conveyor belt of houses. We had to keep buying in order to keep everything moving. And I was like, you know what? I got to find something that's more scalable, that's more functional, that's more uh, effective and efficient that I can build with a really great culture. You know, we had a really not so great culture back then because we were just hiring people to fill seats and, you know, our leadership wasn't really the way it was. And I take responsibility for that. Like, you know, fast. And, you know, now I look at it and I'm like, you know what? I love what we're building. I'm doing about 10 times the revenue, 10 times the profit. And I have about a quarter of the size team that I had back then. Um, so, you know, we made the shift ultimately to get more scalable and efficiency and, you know, it worked out. So tell me about that. And, and I imagine some of that comes from the military is, and I heard you talk about this in a recent uh, conversation with a, a circle that we're also involved with is I, I really tuned in to you having, you know, placing a lot of importance on team. Oh, yeah. And um, tell me a little bit about that and why team is important, the right people in your world. Yeah, it's not just important. I think it's everything. You know, I mean, there's there's few things you can do out there without great people on your side. Um, you know, when we started Legacy, part of the reason was, and the reason we called it Legacy was why I really wanted to build true legacy wealth for people on our team, our investors, ourselves. You know, I wanted to build over time. And, you know, when you're doing transactional house flipping, it's like, I'm borrowing a hundred grand from you, Jeremy. I'll give you 10%. I'll, I'll send it back to you in six months. And then hopefully you'll give it back to me again. And again, it was transactional. There's no long-term you know, wealth. Legacy and the idea behind storage and large commercial investments is that there's enough to go around. You know, I can create equity for my team. I can put equity into my investors. I can have equity left over for myself. And we're building long-term wealth over time. It's not just a flip and transact market. Um, and we're doing some of that still. I mean, you know, we're still wholesaling and titling properties, but for the most part, our goal is to build 100 self-storage facilities over the next 10 years, and they all need to be Class A, so 80 to 100,000 plus square foot net rentable. Um, these are real sites. These are 20 million dollar plus sites. So, you know, that allows me to, you know, create opportunity. Every almost every executive on my team has equity. Almost every person on my team either has equity or some sort of bonus at, at, at performance as we close as we uh, stabilize, as we turn over projects. So we're all motivated in the right direction to build legacy wealth together. Yeah, so in coaching, you have, you have programming that leads to your thinking and thinking leads to feeling and feeling that leads to action, action that leads to results. And you know, going to that feeling part of the will, you're making an investment into your team. You're providing them opportunities. How does that make them feel? Then based on that, what type of action are they taking? Well, I mean, they're, they're, they're juiced in, right? You know, we have two guys that are about to cross a million dollars in net worth from, from their equity in our deals that have been with us for 18 months, two years. You know, so it, it you know, that we say like money is the root of all evil. Money is just a tool. You know, money does not make you a worse person. In fact, it probably amplifies the kind of person you really are to begin with. But what it does is it allows you to do things. It allows you to do things for your family. It allows you to be, you know, to take more vacations. It allows you to give back and in, in, in contribution in much, in much different ways, which is really what we're all here for, right? Growth and contribution and next level. Um, when you have money, you can do that. And so 
you know, obviously our team feels like they're, they're part of something because they are, and, and they're getting paid, you know, appropriately for, for helping us, you know, launch this thing to help us scale it. Yeah, I love that. I appreciate you, you bringing that up about money too, being a tool, you know, it flows in and it flows out yeah. and it gives you more options. And I had a mentor that, you know, that was what she shared with me is it, it gives you more options to do more things. And her big thing was giving. And, you know, the, the level she was able to give at, it was just something that I'd always admired and what I've instilled in my business and being able to do. And, and it's, you can't do it unless you have the tool. So I, I love that you, you address that. It's, it's not an evil thing. It's just a tool and how you use it. And it does amplify, right? 100%. Awesome. So you've got a great team and, and you're building this, this opportunity and you're, you're helping, you're investing. What are, what are some of the core values that you think you have within your team that maybe other organizations that are looking to do the same thing should have? Yeah, my favorite core value is actually we have this rule called the 70% rule. It's 70% it's a go, right? Like I want to train a team of problem solvers. And in fact, we say great leaders create great leaders, right? Like you can't be a leader if you're not solving problems, right? You can't lead people if you're not showing them how to solve problems and showing them how to lead. So the 70% rule basically says if you're 70% sure, it's a go, right? There's no questions. There's no, there's no thoughts. There's no second guessing. You don't have to take it to your manager. You don't have to figure it out because what I want my folks doing is learning as they go. And I want them micro failing along the way so that they can continue to get better. Most organizations, what happens that the guy at the top has got his thumb on everybody and he's trying to micromanage all their decisions and before you make a decision about a $20 purchase, make sure you run it by me and I'll let you know if there's an $18 you know, way to do it somewhere. I don't want that, right? I want my people being autonomous. I want them understanding that problem solving is growth. You know, when we solve problems, we get to the next level. And it's not about me getting to the next level. It's about all of us growing together and getting to the next level. So that's probably one of my favorite, um, my favorite core values is just solve the problem, right? The problem's in front of you, seek it out. Go out there and solve it. Let's level up, let's do more. Yeah, we're, we live in a world with a bunch of complainers when we should be out there problem solving. And when we do that, you know, great things start happening, not just in our business, but in, in our life as well. So I, I love that core value. Um, so you're working on some, some projects currently, but before we get into that, I just want to ask you, what is your biggest challenge that you're facing right now as a business owner? People, people. I'm always looking for great people. You know, right now we're looking for, we're trying to fill three different executive spots, you know, and I'm constantly on the move trying to find people that are going to help us, you know, grow and, and, and get to the next level. So, you know, it's, it's not that it's, I would say it's a problem because they're out there. It's just, that's my biggest puzzle to solve right now. Awesome. If, if somebody's listening to this today and maybe they're getting started out in their business and like you said, it, it took you 10 years to get to a place where you start seeing the successes stack up what would you do to inspire them or encourage them just to keep going and pushing forward? That's the only way we grow, man. You got to put one foot in front of the other. You know, my old mentor used to say the art is in the start, right? Just, just put one foot in front of the other. And I think that's what, you know, with the syndicate mastermind and the way that the, uh, the tools are built inside of that, it's all just putting one step in front of the other. You know what I mean? Like there's a lot of, you know, processes out there that get really, really complicated and people overthink it. And then what do they do? They freeze, right? Because they're fearful that they're not going to be capable of creating the outcome. You know, I would rather do micro steps, micro steps, micro steps. And before you know it, you look back and you're like, damn, I just walked a mile. You know, mm -hmm. I think just starting is, is the most important piece of it. You'll wake up, you know, 15 years later, building, building big ass sites. 
Yeah, I always ask my coaching clients every week, and it drives them nuts, but there's a purpose to it is what were your wins this last week? And yeah, you know, they're look, they're thinking, okay, I'm looking for the big thing, right? And every once in a while, there is something really big that that pops up that that happens for them. I'm looking for the small wins, the the stackable wins. And I, I tell my people, you can be anywhere you want to be in a period of five years. And when you get there, I know you're going to have a feeling of how did I get there? And just look back at all the small wins that you had over time and that you just kept pushing forward through it. You know, I'd say, Jeremy, like, I don't know. I imagine you're kind of close to my, I'm 42, right? I'm in that place right now where I feel like, holy shit, if I don't enjoy the journey, I'm going to be like, I'm going to be old, you know? And I think that that's part of the problem is so many folks, they, they don't realize that now is the journey. Now is the time to be happy. Now, if you're not happy now, you're not going to be happy with money. You're not going to be happy with success. You're not going to be happy with that plastic trophy sitting on your bookshelf. You got to figure out a way to enjoy this shit. And if you don't enjoy it along the way, you're just going to waste your life. You, you got to figure out how to make that switch, make that move, you know, stop letting fear hold you back. Do your thing because man, life goes fast. So saying that, like what is mindsets, everything, right? You know, when we start, we look at mindset. What, what do you do to work on your mindset every day? Well, a lot of things, journal, meditation, you know, asking myself bigger questions. You know, I'm constantly trying to figure out, um, you know, as a visionary, I think our job is to make sure that not only do you have the right people on the bus, but they're in the right seats. Like Jim Rohn said, you got to think about their unique ability. What drives them? What are they passionate about? What are they interested about? And you got to kind of like open those doors up for them and say, hey, by the way, this isn't working. This might work. And so that's, you know, a high level problem solving to me is like, how do I put the chess pieces in the right place on the board to give me the best chance to win? Yeah, that's awesome. All right. So I want to get into what you're doing right now. And uh, what is a passion project that you're working on that um, you might be seeking some help or maybe some investors? Tell, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, you know, my biggest passion is has been for a long time is is uh, is veterans affairs and veterans, uh, you know, issues and needs. You know, I, I was a vet. I served. I certainly didn't. You know, I, I came back with all my limbs. I came back, you know, mostly mentally sound. And you know, unfortunately, I think it's a massive issue that our country faces. People don't realize that you know we're sending these guys and girls out there to war, and they come back and they're disfigured and they're and they have you know they're it's the rest of their life that they're living with these things. Um, and they just don't get enough attention. They don't get enough care. They don't get enough, um, uh, you know, money. They don't get enough action. They don't get enough anything. So uh, that's one of my biggest, uh, my biggest drives right now is uh, raising money and, and, and putting it in the right places for, you know, the, the right veterans charities to get it. Um, that and, you know, I've been big lately on uh, Operation Underground Railroad. You know, there's a massive, you know, it's all, it's always kids and vets with me, right? It's like, you know, I think if you can, if you can help somebody along the way who who is deserving or like kids that you know they, they haven't even started you know so giving them a leg up before they have a chance to go down the wrong road i think is huge and you know operation underground railroad if you haven't looked into it it's it's crazy the statistics that are out there and what's really going on you know behind the scenes yeah and um it, it, it's it's huge and it's a conversation that's not being had enough and um, so I commend you for doing that. I, I saw the other day, I think you were working actually on a project for a housing project for, for vets. Was, was that what I saw? Yeah, we're doing a veterans housing project. And this is the crazy part about our supply chain issues right now in, in the world of you know commercial construction. We got a 47 unit apartment building completely done. I mean, broom swept, furniture in place and everything. Um, and we have 
47 families, many of which were homeless or are homeless, that were expecting to move in in the last two months. Um, and, you know, they're living in shelters with whole families and uh, we're missing a metering part, a meter, like the, the metering, electrical metering part that, that makes the thing actionable. And it's like on a 15 month back order. So, you know, I'm putting the APB out to everyone I know in the electrical industry. I mean, I'm, it's an Eaton part, E-A-T-O-N, which is a very popular, um, common, but I mean, I'm literally messaging people off of LinkedIn that are like executives at Eaton to try to figure this thing out. Hmm. That's, that's amazing. It's, it's so devastating what's happening with our economy and the supply chain. And, and hopefully that changes here very soon uh, with, with some new leadership. And we talked about leadership. Uh, we, need, we need some leadership in our country. Sure. Uh, so thank you for sharing that. Uh, that's amazing. Tell me a little bit about your stored syndicate. I know I get some questions on that and uh, would like to be able to maybe point some people to you that have an interest in the storage syndicate. Yeah, you know, it's, um, you know, I think the term mastermind kind of gets over overused a lot of times because, you know, what's the real definition of that? You know, when we talk about the syndicate, I really think of it like an old school syndicate, you know, back in, you know, 50, 100 years ago in, you know, the mafia, they used to, like, all the families would come together, right? And, like, they were all competitive in a way, but at the same time, they knew that they could grow a lot more together, right? So they'd all meet up, and then you get the concrete contract, and you get the trash contract, and you get the high-rise contract or whatever, and they would share their ability to grow together. Well, that's what a syndicate is. And our, our syndicate is really designers, developers, uh, uh, accredited investors, people with very little real estate knowledge that are out there trying to learn to find deals for these folks and they can get a piece of the action for bringing the deal. You know, it's amazing, again, what you can do when you're building a $20, 25000000 million facility. You know, a, a person at Bird Dog and a deal getting 3 4 5% equity in that deal is life-changing. You know, so if you put in the work, it doesn't matter if you have experience or not. If you're able to put in the work, there's a way for you to get involved. The storage industry as in itself is, in my, in my mind, the strongest commercial sector right now for the next 10 years. Um, you know, during COVID, retail took a crush, e-coms crushing retail, big box, all that type of thing. Offices are starting to become like, you know, whether or not we need them or not, is everyone going to work from home? Are they going to come in? So office space took a hit. Apartments are amazing as an investment, but they're super hard to get into. They're super competitive. Everyone seems to be there. Um, storage for me, I think, is the next uh, the next ten years of commercial real estate in, in the United States. So somebody's listening on this call, and they're they're an accredited investor, and they have an interest in maybe getting involved with with you on some of these projects. I know you've got projects going on all over the country. How do they get in touch with you? Uh, they can actually go to investwithlegacy.com, investwithlegacy.com. They can shoot me an email, joe at investwithlegacy. But, um, you know, as long as they're accredited and they're interested, happy to talk through, you know, whatever questions they might have and, you know, see if we can't help them out. And, and not everybody's a great fit, by the way. You know, it's, it's, it might not be the best asset class for you, but I'm happy to talk about it. Awesome. Well, Joe, I appreciate uh, you coming out of the show today. Some amazing stuff that you shared uh, that I know somebody just takes you know, an ounce of this and applies it to their business, to their life, they can see change, an immense amount of change in their life. And I um, appreciate having you on the show today. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. All right. Until the next episode, onward and upward. Thank you for listening to the Survive, Scale, Soar podcast. If you heard something that made a difference in your life today, share it with someone that might benefit and subscribe so you don't miss the next episode. 
Learn more about the host of this podcast and coaching services offered by Red Hawk Coaching by visiting www.redhawkcoaching.com.